You're listening to the 12 Days of Christmas. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're taking a look at the hymns of the time of Christmas and really delighted to have with us today the Reverend Sean Denzer. He's LCMS Director of Worship and our chaplain at the LCMS International Center in St. Louis. Chaplain Denzer, thanks so much for being our guest on these 12 Days of Christmas. I am delighted to be here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's take a look at uh, what hymn did you select for our conversation today? Oh, rejoice ye Christians loudly. This is 897 in Lutheran service book, and it's, in my mind, the best, the quintessential Lutheran New Year's hymn. Hmm. Now you're going to have to back that up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So what's interesting is this actually has its origin as kind of the original children's, well, I don't know, the original children's Christmas program hymn is probably the Kempis hymn, the Kempis Carol. But this one is uh, was written by, uh, well, the text is written by Christian Kaiman, who lived uh, kind of spanning the 1600s, and he collaborated with his organist, uh, Andreas Hammerschmidt. And they put together uh, Christmas programs each year. And this comes out of one of his famous ones, uh, the newborn Jesus and the shepherds and the wise men uh, visit him. That sounds about right uh, for a Christmas program. And uh, they put together this this wonderful piece for two choirs that actually got published uh, the very next year uh, for double choir. So that's two groups of singers. Uh, by Andreas Hammerschmidt, who was a very famous and well-represented Lutheran composer. In fact, he was pretty wealthy and successful during his lifetime. He was one of the most widely sung composers of all. I mean, people may not have always sung box music, and we think of that as kind of the, the top, the cream of the crop, but they probably sang a lot of Hammerschmidt's music. And what's so great is we get all of it right here in our hymnal, not the double choir part, but we get his original tune. In fact, we even have a setting that's based on on his harmonizations. And then we get to sing this text, which, you know, this doesn't happen very often. I actually think it's better in English than it is in the original German. Whoa, that's saying something. <laughs> it's that good. <laughs> so tell us, uh, what do you appreciate about the text? Tell us a little bit more about the text of this hymn. Sure. We're missing something, by the way. In Hammerschmidt's setting, there's alleluias at the beginning, at the end. Uh, it'd be wonderful to have those, and you could just imagine those added in. Uh, but it has a little refrain. Joy, oh joy, beyond all gladness, Christ has done away with sadness. Hence, that means get away all sorrow and repining, for the sun of grace is shining. And this hymn just like bursts out and says, all right, everybody, it's time to rejoice. And, and uh, our joy has now begun, thinking of everything that's happened that we just celebrated at Christmas time, that Christ has been born to redeem us. But it goes through and talks really about the whole story of salvation in just a, a, a kind of a reflective, uh, joyful way. And then says, how can I remember this? Uh, what should I keep in mind? And it ends in the fourth stanza with a prayer that could be prayed all year long, but it's set uh, looking ahead to a glad new year that that things wouldn't die out or sputter out, right? Think of everything we've had in the past year and how rough 2020 has been. <laughs> and here we are for 2021, and we just hope 
you know, dear Lord, can it be better this time? Uh, this hymn is the perfect hymn for us this year, right? It says, uh, you know, guard your members, the whole Christian church, fill them with your grace. Hear our prayers wherever we are. Uh, quicken faith's fading embers is how it used to be. Now we have fan to flame faith's glowing embers, right? Embers are not the strong burning logs. They're not the hot coals that you can, you know, sear a nice steak with. These are the ones that are flickering. They're about to go out. That's about how I feel after 2020. But it says, uh, you know, fan this into flame. Let's let's bring this back. What what could possibly do that? Well, the joy that comes with Christ's incarnation, his birth, the fact that we know he's defeated sin and death and hell for us. Uh, he's going to keep us in this gray, in this new year, no matter what comes. And that our attitude as we set out for a new year ought to be one of joy because we have the sun of grace shining on us already. That's exactly what we need to hear this year, I think. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Well, it's interesting because this hymn was written during the Thirty Years' War. Uh, and so at that time when this hymn was written, it also wasn't a really great time of life for a lot of people. Uh, and we, and the last year for a lot of us hasn't been it hasn't been the Thirty Years' War, but it hasn't been all that great for a lot of people either. Uh, so this it's it's so great to to recognize that our hymnody and our in our church spans so much time, and and it's still as important to us today as it was way back when it was written. Still applicable language and and text and and gospel message of Christ for us. Yeah, you know, he doesn't quote Paul talking about that we should rejoice in all circumstances, that uh, when things are rough or when we're suffering the cross or in the midst of a plague, by the way, wherever the Third Year's War was, the plague came back uh, mm -hmm. like gangbusters. So really, it fits perfectly with everything we've gone through. Uh, but but he but he takes Paul's advice to heart and just does it right. He he sings this great hymn of rejoicing where he's bidding us as fellow Christians to join him in rejoicing. Uh, and that's because the Lord strengthens us and comforts us even in the midst of our suffering. In fact, that's maybe one of my favorite parts of this hymn, something that's been even improved in the English. This second stanza where it says, hey, take a minute to look at Jesus. Look at your Savior. What did he choose? He chose to come into our weakness, to empty himself, to, to, to bear our poverty, and he did it in love. He came down into our suffering. Uh, in the German, it talks about how he slept in a manger, right? A rough, hard, you know, not the soft, pretty one like in your manger scene, but a really <laughs> nasty, dirty, hard bed for a little baby. And he bore that for our good. Here in English, we've got it changed just slightly. It says, neither the crib nor the cross does he refuse. All of this he suffers for our good. And this is exactly what the German says too to redeem us by his blood. So this is our Lord's path, that he chooses the cross willingly and suffers it for our benefit. Therefore, if we are faced with crosses and sufferings in this life, we know that we're following after our Savior. We're bearing the very same marks and signs and lifestyle that he chose willingly, uh, but we know that he's going to redeem us from it and that he has eternal life and peace that will never end stored up for us because of his blood. Oh, rejoice, ye Christians. Yes. And uh, a shout out to uh, Catherine Winkworth for this. Uh, if if the English version is better than, than the German, uh, she did so much great work for translation. And uh, and although the, the English has been altered slightly from her translation, has it? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you used to say neither crib nor couch refuses, trying to get that manger, hard manger uh, sound in it. But but I think, you know, just pointing us, go ahead, let, let's cut to the chase and remember that the cross is the reason that Jesus came uh, as a child for us. Uh, it's kind of like that other great hymn by Bach, or by Rist, I should say, who was a big fan of Hammerschmidt. Uh, you know, where he talks about this child, the weak in infancy, our trust and our confidence will be he's going to destroy Satan, right? So when we see Christ in the cross, in the manger, that is, we should already uh, be looking ahead toward the cross, toward the defeat of the devil himself. Um, just the kind of thing that people who've been through plagues and wars and, and all kinds of tumult need to hear and be comforted by. Absolutely. Anything about the tune for this for this hymn? Anything interesting we should know about that? Uh, not too much other than that it was written for that uh, children's program and that it was set originally for double choir. So they kind of echo back to each other, uh, which is great with the first line, right? Rejoice, ye Christians. It's, it's, it's a, we're supposed to call to one another in this hymn to stir up our, our singing. And, uh, and, and the original kind of had that. Uh, I would just say this has to be brisk, you know. Oh, rejoice, ye Christians, loudly. And then uh, that's the kind of tempo it ought to take. So it's a really joyful hymn, and that comes through. It's in a minor tune, which which to us might seem sad and dreary, but there's where the tempo really ought to, and the words ought to guide what that tempo sounds like. Joyful, energetic, uh, start of a new year, right? And uh, and and to start it off uh, confident in Christ, who's come and redeemed us by His blood. Is there a specific service in the time of Christmas for which you might select this hymn? Well, uh, today is the perfect day for it, New Year's. Uh, if you wanted to sing it last night on New Year's Eve, that'd be very appropriate. What's great about it is the text is is just vague enough to really uh, work for any time in Christmas, in New Year's, any time in these 12 days of Christmas. But there are a couple other places I think you can use it. If you are willing to knock off the last stanza, which, I mean, I love it, but it, it comes out and says, give us holy peace, a glad new year. Hard to sing that if you're not somewhere near Christmas and the new year. But if you're willing to knock off that fourth stanza, you have a great hymn that's all about the joy of Christ our Savior coming, suffering willingly for us, and doing it to redeem us so that we should never uh, forget him, but at all times cling to him and find our true peace in him. And boy, there are so many places I would love to sing this hymn if it didn't mention New Year's. So knock off that four stanza. I'm giving you permission this time. Sing one to three and sing the refrain. And you can sing it, especially for those two great rejoice Sundays in the church here. That's the third Sunday of Advent and the fourth Sunday of Lent. In the one-year lectionary, they even have the name in Latin, rejoice, gaudeta, and letare. Uh, but boy, you could sing it just about any time when you need to let joy conquer sadness, the joy of Christ, and, and to remind ourselves that the true peace is found in him and him alone. So we know why you picked this hymn. It's a great one. Is, is there anything else uh, that that we should know about this hymn as we approach this new year uh, confident in our salvation in Christ? I, I love the way stanza three says, Lord, it's a, it's a rhetorical question. How, how should I thank you rightly? Um, looking back at a year that's been rough where he's preserved us through it all. Uh, and we want to overflow with thanksgiving to him. But we kind of ask that question, like, what in the world am I going to do to thank God? <laughs> Who's going to give him a gift to repay him, Paul says, right? Uh, what does it say here instead? 
I acknowledge that by you I'm saved eternally. Actually, sticking to him in faith, clinging to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on me all the more, coming back to him constantly like that one leper did, uh, seeking even more mercy from his Lord. That's actually how God wants to be thanked. Uh, uh, he's not looking to be repaid. You know, what, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I'll take the cup of salvation and call on his name again, Psalm 116 says. Uh, so what? He's preserved us through one year. Shouldn't we be thankful enough and move on? No, we should come back to our Lord who's preserved us once and ask him to preserve us yet again, to remember his great salvation for us, that he's the son of grace. He never gets tired of shining on us. Uh, that's why I just love this hymn. Would it surprise you to learn that Christian Kaiman, who wrote this hymn, was a classmate of Paul Gerhardt at Wittenberg? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> we know you're a fan of uh, Paul Gerhardt, so. Yes, <laughs> Gerhardt's the best. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Chaplain Denzer, for being our guest on the 12 Days of Christmas and helping us with uh, selecting some great hymns for us to look at this year for the 12 Days of Christmas. And uh, just delighted we get to look at Oh, Rejoice, Ye Christians Loudly with you today. Thanks. It's great to rejoice with you today. You're listening to the 12 Days of Christmas. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. 